0: Uh, so, welcome! It's not Wednesday, it's Thursday. And it's a- April 30, 30th.
1: April 30th.
0: <laughs> and we're here to talk about things we just randomly read, because there's still new, no new comics, unless you are reading a few DC titles, and they will be coming out limitedly the next like few weeks, and then hopefully new comics around May 20th. We pray to whatever comic gods are out there, make our dreams come true.
1: Please. I need it. I'm so so bored.
0: Uh, So anyway, Heather, would you like to start on what you you started reading this week? Because you did have a theme. I went hodgepodge this week.
1: So um, I have been feeling uh, all over the place lately, and every week Champ comes in with these strong themes, and so I decided to play the game and do a theme this week, and my theme was Clive Barker. Um, because I have a lot of Clive Barker comics around my house for some reason. So um, I am in the process of reading this series called Tapping the Vein, which i never heard of before. Um, but it's horror, super horror, and it's great. So it's basically uh, Clive Barker had written a series of books that contained short stories and stuff in the like mid-80s. And this comic series takes random stories from the book and puts them into comic form. So each of these issues has uh, two stories. They're all adapted by different people, and they're all drawn by different people as well. Um, With that being said, a majority of them, however, are adapted by Steve Niles. Okay, awesome. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. I did not know that at all. Um, But... I've been doing this thing where since there's two in each one, I just pick a random issue and then like read a random story. So I have no idea like how much I've actually read. (laughs) Uh, But since these are adapted, they are, it's a lot to read because it is just reading a story with some drawings. Um, I do really enjoy it though. I think they're really, really great. My favorite one is actually in this one that I've read. And it's this first story about, one of the most handsome men in the entire world, apparently. Um, Well, that's what he thinks of himself. (laughs) He um, likes to sleep around with people for money just because he's beautiful. He just wants to share himself. Like, that's whatever. Uh, He ends up going to this guy's house, and the guy in the middle of it, like, hurts himself somehow. And when the, his name's Gavin, the main character in this, Mm -hmm. um, he goes into the bathroom, and in the bathtub there's, like, this statue that's just laying in there, just like filled with water, weird. So he keeps going about his life, and then he gets attacked by a a pimp and his friends, I guess. I don't know. All right. Um, because the, he says, you know, like uh, one of my guys got really beat up by you. You know, he was there's blood everywhere. Like he said, it was you. And Gavin's like, I don't know, what you're talking about. I didn't do this at all. Um, and as he's like getting cut up cuz you know the one thing that he loves is just how beautiful he is yeah. um a, a me- attacker just like comes out of nowhere and like kills all the people who were attacking gavin and he discovers that the statue that was in that guy's apartment in the bathtub is him is becoming him He steals blood, and that's how he becomes more, like, human and stuff. So it's, like, there's this weird, like, shift. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it sounds really crazy, but there's, uh, like, there's this, yeah, weird shift during, like, the middle of it where real Gavin is, like, slowly losing himself, whereas the statue is getting more, like, feelings and stuff. But the one thing that, you know, the statue can never do is, like, take his soul so he can't, you know, feel the same way that Gavin does. He can just, like, look like him. Um the, the conclusion to the story is beautiful I just I love that one the most out of all of them that I've read uh, and I love the art for it too which I feel again the art is different in every story so some of them I just I'm not really into mm-hmm. but some of them especially this story the art is just perfect so that's all also these covers are really cool I'm just gonna flip through them real quick so you can see them all cause I really like them <laughs> It's my favorite because... Pew. Oh, that's tight. I love some titties. Oh, yeah, me too. There we go. Yeah, no, I love all of those. Yep, Clive Barker, Tapping the Vein. Uh, I believe it's just these five from what I was reading. I'm, I'm not sure if any other ones were released, but it was released through this tiny line called the Eclipse Comics from 1989 to 1992. <laughs> those are my there. notes that I took from. it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think we did both kind
0: of stay into a theme this week, though, because I guess short of trans-metropolitan, I read two, like, kind of horror books.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I heard about that. That's uh, I think Dave is the one who told me to read that because he said I would really enjoy it. Oh. And yeah. that was, like, when it first came out, too. Oh, that's, yeah, no. That's, okay. So as we're
0: getting into this, uh, I read Immortal Hulk, the director's cut so I read issues one through six of the Immortal Hulk and yeah no, everybody's told me this book is wonderful but now that I've taken the time it is really 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 good it is kind of like does have like a horror element to it it is very like gritty the art is fucking bananas and great uh one of but one of my favorite issues is issue number three where it is several different artists and like different takes on uh time frames within comics and so i love that i loved i love everything about this kind of story because it's kind of just like takes hulk back to his origins where he's just kind of like going around trying to like help people and the idea is that Bruce Banner has died so many times but the Hulk always comes back to life and that's why like Bruce Banner has been like endlessly living and it's just like as the story progresses you learn that Bruce Banner feels like he's kind of lost part of his smarts because of having Hawkeye shoot an arrow through his head I and that smurfs no no smarts smarts okay uh and that like just different ideas of how he feels about himself and seemingly how the hulk is kind of the good guy and is taking him to these places to help him find this evil and the kind of horror element of this is there's also this like idea of when you infect yourself with this gamma radiation you see this green door and there's something beyond this green door. And so like, you're not, it's not just you necessarily within the body. There might be something
1: else. Yeah. I need to read that. Um, I had just randomly read, I think issue like 25 or 24. I can't Mm -hmm. remember. And it's one of the best things I've ever read. And I had no idea what was going on in the rest of the story. But the way that it's written and the art for it, it was fantastic. Yeah.
0: No, and I, I have the first, like I said, the first <clears throat> six issues are this director's cut. So it was just like, I kind of just like blew through that. And I was like, well, damn.
1: I want more. I, I want more. Yep. So
0: I have the second trade coming in. I might read it off the wall. But I'm really excited because I did, I did really, truly enjoy this story quite a bit. Good. I, I don't know. I don't really care about, about, about the whole
1: I think it's um, the way that Al Ewing writes him, um, honestly, because I didn't either. But again, that one issue that I read made me want to go back and like start from the beginning because he does it in just a really flawless, clean way. Yeah, and
0: I think the the art, too, does just do a really, a really yeah, Joe Bennett's art does a really great job of just, like, balancing out the story and just, like, that, and the colors are really great, too, so... Mm-hmm. Like, every aspect of that book comes together, and, like, the full, like, splash pages of things that happen within the book are just,
1: ugh. Fantastic. It's
0: it's real good to look at, and I, <laughs> I just love these director's cuts, too, because at the end, they usually, they have the pencils, and they have the scripts, and I usually, like, some of the scripts I haven't, I've read through, but some of them I haven't, just because, you know, I've just right. read the comic anyway. But looking at the pencils, is just, it's great. I'm actually... They're coming out with the Silver Surfer black director's cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had seen that. So, you know, I might not have necessarily, like, super loved the story. But- Trad- I love the art. Yeah. And Tradmore's, like, I'd love to see, like, the pencils for that and, like, just... Plus, you love
1: director's cuts of things. Yeah, I just love that, like, little extra. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Hi, Max. <gasps> I keep my glasses don't see that far away so I didn't realize that Max was on. I, I just, was like what I is this saw. thing? What did he send? I'm going to He just pull sent, it up.
0: sent a oh. a
1: wavy hand. I
0: okay. just just oh, a, a wavy hand. So, it's it's your
1: turn whenever you are ready. It is for- my turn. Okay. So, keeping with the theme, I got this honking thing. Honking, honking. I, my glasses don't see that far away so I didn't realize that Max was <laughs> My bad. Um, hello, so I have, uh, this Hellraiser omnibus, um, this is another thing that I just completely did not realize I even had, and I'm the one who bought it, um, I forgot. <clears throat> so, I'm only, like, a few chapters just, into this I just want to say that, wait, wait, Hellraiser is
0: now owned by Boom Studios? Yeah. That's cool.
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty cute. Um, so, what is her name? I, I was like, I don't need to write this down because I'll remember it. <laughs> and now I can't. But anyway, so this series kind of, there is a, like a chapter one that's like a prelude to the first movie and then the movie and then the rest of the story takes place after the movie. Like, completely forget about all the other Hellraisers that were out. It takes place after the very first movie. Um, so it follows... Kelly? Kelsey?
0: Is her name Kelly? The girl from the first? Yeah,
1: it's it's the girl from the first one, and I'm blanking on her name again because I'm an For idiot my- and I just don't do good with names apparently. Um, but basically, she's kind of moved on with her life. She's engaged or has like a lover. I don't. Know, I it wasn't clear. I just assumed that she's engaged. I don't know why. Um, she was
0: having sex with that young man, so of course they were engaged. You
1: can't do that <laughs> unless you're like you know gonna get married. I mean, um, and ideally, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so she's living her life, um, and then some fucking fool in Nebraska finds the cube and decides to bring Senor Pinhead back. Is it you? <laughs> Is it you? Did I feel like it's you? <laughs> Knowing you, it's you. I can't comment on this at the moment. Um, it's sensitive. Anyway,
0: young person who's just like, oh, yeah, I would just totally f- figure out one of these
1: puzzle boxes. This is sick. I'm going to put it on my bookshelf and then forget about it until I get really high one day and then I'm going to try to oh! open it. That is something that I would do. Yeah, so it's you. It's, I, okay. It's totally you. It's been established. It was me. <laughs> um, I found the cube and for some reason was just like, yeah, let's bring Pinhead back. And then it begins another... I feel like you just don't know. You're just like, I'm just going to solve this thing regardless
0: of the yeah. consequences that I don't know about.
1: It's like the Rubik's Cube. I've spent like weeks on this Rubik's Cube, Rubik's Cube one time. Weeks. Weeks. And I've never been able to figure it out. And it's the one puzzle that I like, I look at it and I just, I get like body trembling rage because I've never been able to figure out the Rubik's Cube. It's so stupid. Uh. So yeah, this is... The, the girl from the first movie fighting Pinhead again. I, I like that you're now canon on Hellraiser. I really love that. Because also, like, if I summoned him, I'd be like, what do I do? And then, and then I'd probably call for Brayden and then, like, just please, leave. Please don't rip my skin off and fuck me. <laughs> I love my skin. Please. Um, but I do have to say that Leonardo Mango? I probably butchered that, I'm sorry. His art in this, so far, is just incredible. Um, He really, really gets in it with the blood and the gore and stuff, which I, you know, for a Hellraiser comic, I expected that, and I'm really pleased with it. Um, So, yeah, once I read more of this, I'll get back to you. Alright, so then,
0: more on the horror
1: theme.
0: Horror. I have our... Outer Darkness, I read seven issues of this. I didn't really look up how many issues there were.
1: I feel like there was like 12.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I have eight issues. I'll get the other other ones.
1: <laughs> we'll work on it.
0: Uh, I borrowed these from a friend a while back and finally took the time to read them right now since I don't have anything, anything to read. Excuse me. I had to burp. <laughs> anyway... Uh, how I described this to Heather was basically Star Trek but a little bit horror themed with ghosts so you're, the Charon is what I believe it's called is headed to the outer darkness and as they are headed there they encounter different sort of otherworldly stor- sort of things but that's a, I really enjoyed that reference
1: that was really good what Charon he's the uh, the boat guy down in hell who delivers the souls to Hades. that's good yeah
0: uh, the Charon is powered by like a god So a lot of this is like very like magic and demon oriented and everything they kind of encounter is the same. There's exorcists who help help them do things. there's mathematicians who like, Do these math spells to keep things quarantined. It's really, it's really, really interesting. I would say the main character, I believe his name is Joshua or Josh, Captain Riggs. (laughs) He's a fucking dick. Kind of sucks. But maybe he'll just be one of those dudes who like redeems himself, redeems himself in my eyes. But right now I just kind of hate him. Okay. But I do really enjoy it. I like the like dynamics because, like, everybody on the ship hates him. And it's kind of told from different perspectives of different people on the ship or himself. And one of the characters with on the ship that's, like, within an issue is, like, it's all of his, like, internal dialogue. And he happens to be, like, a god from his planet that ended up being, like, like he had rained on them, like, a hundred years of just, like... Torture and just like kind of like terrible things, and they ended up banishing him, and he's been put back into this body, and he, now he's just like a navigator on the sh- on the ship, and is just like
1: hates kind, everything. Yeah, kind of hates <laughs>
0: everything and is miserable. Love that. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I really I liked it more than I thought I would. And then lastly, I did read. The end of Trade 3, the Year of the Bastard trade, and then uh, Trade 4, the New Scum. Of what? Of Transmetropolitan. And it just made me mad. Okay. I'm just continuing to be mad because, you know.
1: Politics.
0: Politics. <laughs> it's just. It's just everything about this has been... I don't know, I think it's disappointing, like I said, said before, it's disappointing to know that, like, politics hasn't changed, but it's just, like, disappointing, even more disappointing to know that it's, like, gone in such a direction where this is, like, incredibly relevant to the point where I just, you would hope people had learned, because obviously this is dealing with, like, past politics and, like, Politics within the year this was written and you would have hoped like we have made leaps and bounds and made differences and have done actual things and it's so fucking frustrating <laughs> to know that we have not and that this is like even more relevant today than it probably even was then
1: dang it I it- don't want to have to read it <laughs> But now I have to read it. it and I'm, I, may, I might be wrong, you know? Like I don't think you are. Based off of what I've heard about it, I, I, I feel like you're on the right
0: track. And I think I'm just mad. And I think that, like, the thing I like about Spider the most is, like... No matter, like, how bad the current administration is it's also just about finding out the truth and knowing everything about every like politician that is out there and just like making that truth heard and not like backing away from that and that can cost so much and i think i don't know man i'm just fucking frustrated <laughs> i think i pulled myself out a little bit i got mad <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's just it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating how I'm feeling currently reading this, and just going into the, like the current political landscape and hating fucking everything about
1: it. Right. Like you read comics to get away from real things, but then there it is, and it's more accurate. It, than yeah, it and be. It, yeah, and it is more accurate than yeah. it
0: should be, and it's just I don't know. I like it. I love it. I think it's really great. But it is one of those things where I just feel like I'm fucking. I sat down and read it on Tuesday night when Chris was around me. And like every few pages I'd be like, read this shit, man. Like, look at this. We're doing this right now. This is like, this is how I fucking feel. Do you see this? <laughs> it's. It's fucking ludicrous. It's ludicrous. I don't even know what else to say because it just makes me, like, enraged on a level I don't want to talk about. It's so good, though. We'll check back next week with it. <laughs> we'll check back next week where I probably have also added another layer of just anger and hate on to politicians and everything that's going on around me. Like, just...
1: Why are we so fucking dumb? I don't know. It's a tragic misstep in <laughs> human evolution.
0: I think it's like this on top of like all of the stupid like open everything up protests that just like gets me because I'm just like, I.
1: Like people I can't are, are this that. people are this dumb. hmm. I love at the, the protests and stuff, those people that are like, there's no coronavirus. All right, dude, then why are you wearing the mask? <laughs> like, what are you worried about? <laughs> people who are, like, holding signs like, this isn't real. And then they've got, like, masks and gloves on. It's like, okay, so you do just do whatever the news tells you to do. Okay, cool. Uh,
0: I also love how at the Nebraska protests, they told the Nazis not to bring their Nazi flags. Please don't bring your Nazi flags and big guns to our, our protest because we don't to look bad.
1: But we know you're Nazis. You can, like, identify as a Nazi, but, like, don't do it in a way that, like, it comes back to us. <laughs> all right. We've digressed a little bit. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Talking about frustration. Uh, anyway, so this was Thursday. April 30th. We accidentally got a little politically motivated. What can you do? I'm wearing my tit shirt today, so we had to go somewhere with it. (laughs) Anyway, thank you as always. We love you.
0: Try to buy comics from your local comic book store. And we'll see
1: you next next week. No, we won't. Fuck. Yeah, we're not doing it next week. We have something big coming up, so beep, beep, beep. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Some other time. (laughs) Later.